0: good we're all here hi guys Hi. 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 so the purpose of us getting together was kind of twofold so one well it really funnily or interestingly on Monday when I came into work I was sitting in first I was like in the leadership meeting and Yuritza said she was like we need to do a she's like it's like the whole world needs a tips right now and and i was like oh my gosh you're so right and then i walk out like to my office and then there's ethan and, and jess and they're both like i think what did you guys say
1: i think jessica said natalie we need the world needs tips right now and then we were talking about how we were just talking about it and you were like yeah no, i just brought that up in the ops meeting
0: yeah so then i was like this would be a really good segue to one explain to people like why we said that and two from us having like a unique experience that most of the world hasn't had. And I'm talking specifically around the privilege walk and the culture walk. I kind of wanted to break down those activities and have a discussion about how that impacted us. I don't know if you guys have seen that viral video, you know, you hear that guy's like backpacks down and then they're Mm -hmm. on the grass and then they, yeah. So, you know, we do something very similar, almost the same at TIPS And then we have an open dialogue about diversity, privilege, racism. I mean, people share personal stories. And I feel like us having had that experience, you know, I felt like we could add some perspective that other people might not have had. So first, let's introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Natalie Lemus. I am 25% Portuguese and the rest is European mix. I guess you could call me that I'm a white girl. Uh, I was born in San Francisco, California. I am married to a man from Guadalajara, Mexico and we speak Spanish at home.
1: Hi, I'm Ethan Morton. I'm white and I am gay.
2: Hi, my name is Lydia Caledonio. I was born in Honduras, Central America. So I am 100% Latina and my family and I moved to the state six years ago but Spanish is still our first
3: language. My name is Emma Burby
4: and I am white with blonde curly hair.
3: My name is Jessica Leray Hoff and I'm African-American. I was born in Kentucky and I was adopted and brought to Boise, Idaho.
4: Hi
5: my name is Vanessa Calidonio. I was born in San Pedro Sula, Honduras My first language is Spanish, and I still speak Spanish here in the United States, at work, at home, and everywhere I go.
0: So at TIPS, I have to give a little bit of a context. So what is TIPS? Okay, TIPS is a nonprofit. It's a 100% free experience. It's a three and a half day experience that we host annually in McCall, Idaho, and this experience started back 17 years ago actually started to host these different retreats and events Mm. for teenagers and then now people in their 20s so i am not this is natalie speaking i'm not in my 20s however i am the founder um, of tips along with my mom and my husband we band together and we created this experience the heart and soul behind the experience was and is to help people embody their inner power, to help them release and let go of baggage and lies from their past so that they can really get in touch with their authentic self and then go out in the world and be more embodied, happier, and feel more fulfillment in their day-to-day life. And so at TIPS, we do this one experience where um, we call it the privilege walk. And basically everyone starts out on a line, and we read out these different statements. And by the end of it, we create basically a privilege spectrum. So statements are read, like if you grew up in a household of divorced parents, take one step back. Or another statement might be like, if you were a person of color, take three steps back. If you grew up in a home where English was the primary language, take one step forward things like that so it basically creates a privilege spectrum and then we have a reflection so what i'd like to do is just to open this up and to to maybe who wants to start with kind of like what their takeaways were from that experience and how it relates to what's going on in the world today this is emma speaking and when i first did the privilege walk i
4: was 18 years old um, and i grew up in a very traditional home an average American family that you would picture and when I first did it I wasn't affected by it at all emotionally I wasn't I was just like yeah this is me I'm in the front of the line and there's people behind me but I think those people need to work harder and that is the definition of white privilege at the time I didn't know that but it's taken me a lot of hard and uncomfortable conversations to understand that what I was thinking at that time isn't appropriate for what's happening during this time and to understand my background and to understand that different people, even though they worked just as hard as my parents did, didn't start where their parents might have started. The start, that first privilege walk that I ever did was the start of the hard conversations and having to unravel what I've been subconsciously taught my whole life.
0: That's really the societal narrative is just work harder, work harder. They see people that are people of color, black people, people from other countries, immigrants. And it's like, well, if you could have everything that I had, if you just would just apply yourself more. And it's not actually the case because of the starting out point.
5: In my case, when I did the privilege walk, I was proud of where I am. However, there was a lot of people forward, like probably like 10 steps ahead of me. But in my case, I was like, well, it took me, took my family and myself hard work to be where I am right now. And I feel proud, you know. However, like Emma said, in her mind, she was like, well, they need to work harder. But in my mind, I was like, I already worked hard enough to be where I am, you know. So there's two different things, I guess, that people confuse us all the time. work harder, but in some other cases, we work already hard to be where we are.
2: For me, I guess similar to what Vanessa said, but the reflection of understanding that the people that are either behind you or in front of you, they're going or they went through somehow similar hardships that you did, you know. Like Vanessa said, yes, I'm super proud of where I was at that moment. Super proud of the accomplishments that my family and I made to be where we were that experience also reminded me of like the empathy you need to have, you know, to understand where you are in life is not the same for everyone, but everyone's case is different. And everyone, like Vanessa said, you already work hard to be where you are. So that comes along with knowing that everyone goes through different journeys that at the end of the day are the same in
3: the bigger spectrum of things. So for me, I wasn't all the way in the back i was kind of like in the middle and it just kind of like put into a perspective of how much i was given and how much i have been given because i was raised in a white family i have a lot more opportunities than a lot of people who weren't adopted into a white family and who are black and so i think that just gave me like a new perspective and it's also part of the reason why i'm vocal on systematic racism and all of that kind of stuff there are a lot of people who weren't given the same opportunities as me. And so people who are further in the back, I be able to help them so that they're able to go forward and so that their families are able to go forward, because I just think that's something that's important.
1: The culture walk is always super interesting for me because, I mean, still being gay, there's certain luxuries that I, I don't have that others do. And there's certain things that I face, but on the same spectrum, I'm still a white male. It's always interesting to do this and see kind of where I I lie in that. It's always been kind of confusing the older that I've gotten. And I think it really relates to what's going on today as well. Yes, I may be gay, but I'm a male as well and I'm white. So there's like, like, I always wonder if you take like the white woman as well, like where do I rank with that? I think the culture walk always kind of puts that into a really interesting perspective. Um, It really makes me think about my own history and you know, where I play into things, because I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, we all are going to face our own things, but I can't deny the fact that I still have a lot more privilege than other people do. And I feel a duty to use that in a way that's beneficial. And, you know, reverting back to what's going on now, I mean, I think back to Stonewall, for example, um, and what started all of that. I mean, person who kind of paved the way for that was a black transgender woman. And so I feel that it's my duty as, you know, a white gay male who has that privilege to stand alongside, you know, people who don't have those same privileges, because they're the same people who allowed me to get to where I am. And I think that that's, you know, super important, especially for my fellow white gay males who don't really think about those things a whole lot. So it's always super fun to see the culture walk and understand that there really are different layers and overlapping themes that a lot of people really don't think about even if they are aware.
0: 100%. I think privilege diversity is such a complex and multi-layered issue. Jess, Ethan, you and I, I think we were chatting just a little bit the other day, and I was saying that we all experience different kind of seen things like things that you can see, like you can see the color of all of our skin. You can judge us based on that. But what you don't see are the things that are underneath our skin that, you know, I might have more in common with Jess, um, who we don't share the same skin color than I do with Emma or, you know, just based on like our backgrounds. Like we actually don't really know people's stories. And I think the challenge with social media is that, you know, it's just, you just see skin deep, like the surface.
1: It's super interesting how social media plays into it because on one hand, I see it as being super beneficial. And on another hand, I see it as the exact opposite. And really, I think there's always gonna be that like extreme balance, no matter how good something is, there's probably like a really weird, bad side to it, depending on your perception. But it raises a lot of awareness for one, like that's a huge benefit. People are able to get information so quickly and we're able to spark action a lot quicker i just think that the downside is there's a quicker response to reaction as well and unfortunately with so much information i think there's also uh, room for misinformation and so that's why we have a lot of misunderstanding of each other as well where we do see skin deep and we see things as one way versus another and we don't listen we stop listening to everybody because i think social media kind of just fuels our ego a lot. And so we, we get desensitized and we forget that other people are on the other end of the screen and they have problems that are deeper than what they show on Instagram or anything else. And so it's it's important that especially now more than ever with what's going on, we listen to each other and listen to ourselves internally, what we need and what's going on and not let social media fog that up and tell us what to think.
4: And When you said that we do a lot of seeing instead of listening. And I think that's what social media has caused us to do because we're so able to get everything instantly is that we don't listen. And again, like what you said, we don't listen to ourselves. We don't listen to um, what we actually believe. For me, I'm going through a whole process of unraveling the beliefs that I didn't even place in myself. They're beliefs that I just lived around. So they subconsciously came my beliefs. Right. And because of who I am, a white woman, I might have more of a voice than someone of color because people are less likely to listen to them because of everything surrounding that. and I had a conversation with my friend the other day that we as white privileged people need to educate ourselves and understand this soul thing so that we can help out and that we can be a voice as well. I guess also along with social media, I think, like Emma said, uh,
2: educating ourselves, we literally have the whole information of the world in the palm of our hands, you know, with our phones. And it's very important to sometimes take a step back as a Latina woman, you know. I am also considered a minority, but I've never wanted to live my life as one, you know. I've always been proud of who I am. So I've always wanted to kind of, let's say, be on the right side of history and like know what is American history in this case. And what are the issues that are the biggest with the things that are happening right now, you know? Knowing not only looking at social media, you know? Also looking at history from the past, you know? Where are all these issues coming from, you know? When did these issues actually start? To realize that it's not just a thing, you know? Oh, they just killed this one man and people went crazy. And you sometimes, like I said, like Emma said, maybe her voice can be louder because she's a white woman. And mine cannot be as much because I'm Latina, you know, but at the same time, it's up to me to educate myself and to understand that the knowledge, knowledge is one of the biggest privilege that we all can have. It doesn't matter what you look like or where you are, you know, knowledge is the biggest privilege of all, you know. So just having that and knowing that we can, you know, just get it right when we want to, you know, it's going to make us be a step ahead of history, you know, to try to change the things that we need to change.
0: With the culture walk specifically, so the culture walk is another activity that we do, and it's where we read different statements out. So everybody is on one side of the room, and we read different statements out, and these people cross this line, and then they have an opportunity to speak in an open format. So some of the questions are, please, please, cross the line if you are um, a person of color and, and then everybody else stays on the the other side of the room. And you might be listening, thinking like, well, why do you just say person of color? Well, because um, in Idaho, where we live, um, literally about our entire population, only 0.9% of the population of Idaho are African-Americans. And I don't know how many of the population are Latino, maybe like 15% or whatever. It's not a lot at all. And so we, unfortunately, sometimes there would not be a person to represent the category. So that would be horrible, right? So people of color. So anyways, they cross over the other side of the room and then everyone else listens. Some of the questions that we've asked are, what do you want this group to know about your group? And what do you never want to hear again about your group? And then we sit in silence and we literally just hold space and we listen and this is not just for people of color we have other things like you know if you're part of the lgbtq community same thing if you are a woman same thing if you're a man if you have been um you know a survivor of sexual violence like we do all types of things like that and so that way you can hear people's stories that one exercise has had the most impact on my worldview than anything than any travel i've ever done than any conversation that i've ever had with one person it's shifted my whole reality so i'd like to ask you guys how has going through that exercise multiple times how has that shifted your eyes especially when it comes to racism and things like that
5: i've done it three times and the first time i did it i remember i crossed the line two or three times, not a lot of times. And I remember the first time I did it, I was like, oh, wow, this sucks, you know, poor people, I guess. I don't know. It was very close minded for me. But after TIPS, after my first TIPS, obviously my mind changed completely. So my second time I went, I went with an open heart and open mind. And I was like, I'm going to feel what they feel. I want to like understand what they're going through. And I remember my second year at TIPS, it was the year that I feel like it's been the craziest year of my life at TIPS when I was able to open up to other people. I was able to understand everyone's story. And for me, it was very eye opening. And the reason why I'm saying that is because I come from a Christian Latino family. And if you know what that means, you need to understand being Latino and being Christian is like, you cannot go out past 9 PM because you're gonna be, uh, what's it called? Punished for like a month, literally without a phone. It's crazy. So especially where I'm from, I'm going to talk about this topic, where I'm from, being gay is not a thing. And if you are gay, it's like, oh my God, you know, like don't talk to the person. So for me, when I did the culture walk and I saw a lot of LGBTQ people, I was shook. Literally, I was like, oh my God. And that was my first year. But the second year, I was like, oh, I feel so much love for them now because now I understand what they're going through the same way. I was going through in high school, back in high school and people was being racist to me or calling me names or things like that just because I was a Latina. I feel like in my past I did the same thing for gay people and it was time for me to change that and thankfully the cultural walk taught me to respect and to accept everyone the way they are and I feel like that's one of the most powerful activities that we do at TIPS that I love and every time I do it it's like makes me so nervous because you never know what you're gonna find there. And from that moment, I've been accepting loving and understanding people more, which has helped me grow as a person, as a human,
3: and as me. The culture walk is one of the most powerful things I've ever been through. It's because you really get to hear like people's stories. I think that's something that we don't get to see a lot in your day-to-day life. It's part of the reason also why like after we leave tips, a lot of us are so close, it's because we know each other We don't just know surface level things. We know some of the deepest things and some of the darkest things that a person has gone through and like why that person is the way that they are and where their strength comes from. The thing about the culture walk is you... Kind of find your voice again you could have been silenced for something or you don't feel comfortable talking about something you're able to use your voice and say what you want to say and what you want other people to hear without any fear of anybody arguing back with you or judgment it's really empowering
1: i'm really glad that jess brought that up specifically it's one of the first things that i thought about when you asked us about the culture walk specifically it provides a space for people who have spent their entire lives being silenced and not being listened to, to have as much time as they need to say everything that they need to. And I mean, it's extremely therapeutic because I know in my own experience, when I'm talking to that other group and just the space that we're in, it's kind of dark actually. And so you're kind of able to paint the image of those people that have silenced you and envision them there and talk to them and tell them exactly what you need to get out. And it lets out a lot of Pent up emotions. I mean, we repress, we subconsciously stuff that stuff down to protect ourselves, not just internally, but like physically protect ourselves. There are times where you can't speak up for fear of your life. And aside from that, the culture walk is super impactful, but the reflection afterwards for me is always even more impactful because you go to this. I mean, you go once to tips, that's one thing, but you go more than once and you know these people now, and there are things that you learn the second go around or the third or whatever that you didn't know to begin with. And there's things that you're gonna relate on with people. I remember my first year, one of the things that people crossed on, I didn't initially cross for. And then once people were talking about, it it brought up memories that I did not even know I had. And so, That was powerful in itself because then when we're reflecting, I'm now working through something that I'm now ready to and feel listened on and can open up and say, hey, when you were talking about that, it reminded me that actually I went through something very similar now. And thank you for helping me reach a point to where I can face that and be in a group of people that are going to support me in facing that because it's a scary thing to bring that stuff up out of you but when you're in a group of people where it's safe and it's a good environment like I can't think of a better place to realize that <laughs> you've been through trauma you know what I mean like you're just filled with so much love while you're there so that's always been my favorite part about it
2: so first of all just saying that I'm so happy that I get to know you guys it's like a fresh breath there at this time that experience is not only eye-opening but it's so empowering you know The fact that we have a place where we feel brave enough to say things that you don't say because you're afraid for your life. And then also feeling the pain that maybe that person that you knew that you met a day ago is feeling because you are able to empathize with them and just to feel, you know, as a human being, their pain is the most amazing feeling because inside of you, you know, that you're winning already. You're winning at life when you're able to feel for them. It was something for the LGBTQ question, you know, that I am not a part of that. And I remember just feeling so much pain, you know, for people that were hiding their entire lives, bawling my eyes out because I can never imagine just hiding from what I am for like years of my life. And just having that opportunity to be that free, and to be able to know that you're in a safe place empowers you and gives you strength and before you do a tips, it's kind of like out of this world and then when you come to real life and real world you know you're like you're a completely different person because your eyes were so open you know and your heart felt so much for someone that you met a day ago it's crazy
1: I wanna add one last thing on that, and I'm so glad you mentioned that at the end about not knowing these people. When you get to tips, it's just a, you ride up on a bus full of, most of the time, people you completely don't know. You might know like a few of them if they referred you or if it's your second year, but the bulk of the people there, you have no idea who they are, and it's uncomfortable. And to think about opening up to people who are complete strangers is like, that's the whole challenge. But what's great about it, and, and this relates back to social media, is it reminds us of our humanity Um, And it takes us out of our ego. And it reminds us that those faces on screens not only go through things, but a lot of times they're similar to our own struggles. And it's super easy for us to get wrapped up in our stuff. And on that, it's important for us to realize, especially with what's going on now, sometimes there are voices that need to be heard more. And sometimes those voices reflect off of us. And we are, you know, just like the Culture Walk's point is, we're able to be listened and get that out through other people as well
4: we need to understand and just what all of you have said is there's someone behind the screen because one of our main form of communications especially during this time of quarantine is through the phone and you can't read energy through the phone you can't read facial expressions through the phone very well i really appreciate the culture wall that it creates a space where there's so much love where you feel so vulnerable and it's completely okay for you to be vulnerable and a lot of people struggle with vulnerability even myself included it's completely amazing that how you load up on a bus of 30 strangers and then one day later you guys are talking about your most vulnerable things that are on your heart that make you cry and it's one of the most transformational experiences ever and I think relating the culture walk back in today's world is right now is a time for vulnerability right now is a time where we all need to be having hard conversations and recognizing and empathizing with others because if we don't then nothing's going to change and it's going to stay the same way. And th- something right now needs to change and it has to change in order for us to progress in this whole world, not just in the United States. Mainly, it's a time just to be vulnerable with others because when you're vulnerable, that's when others can be vulnerable. And that's what the Culture Walk taught me is when you're vulnerable, your world will open up and a lot of opportunities will open up for you.
0: Emma, what you said is really, really true. I think it is really difficult to imagine a whole group of people coming together and being so vulnerable. And I know that it might not seem like it, but I also struggle with vulnerability, but it just becomes, it's almost once that little eggshell is, everybody just starts to feel so much more open and able to, to really connect when I've been thinking about this, these times and how honestly evil is what is being, I don't know, maybe it's just my feed. I have the wrong feed or something, but I feel like my feed is just inundated with evil. It's like breaks your heart. And it, I think there comes a time where we have to stop looking at the evil and start looking at what it is that we're going to change inside of our own selves. What are we going to do specifically differently if we need to do something differently? Maybe it's just more education. Maybe it's just more awareness. What are we going to do differently to stop the evil, to stop racism, to stop you know, the violence against our fellow brothers and sisters that are people of color, black people, but like also, guys, I don't know. This is just me. Like it goes beyond that too, because there's so many evils that are never recorded, that will never be recorded, that will never have a march for. We will never have a march. We will never have a recorded for child sex abuse. We will never have a re- march for women that have been raped. Like the closest that we had was the Me Too movement. There are some things that are so vile and so hidden that, I don't know, it's like almost like I don't know when that will ever come to the light. So I'm grateful for what's happening right now in a sense of the darkness needs to come to the light. And I feel like this is giving the humanity a chance to look inside themselves and figure out where have I might have been holding hate in my heart or where might have I been like exclusionary or where have I might have been not empathetic. And what can I do to actually change myself? Because we can't really change anyone else unless we're working on on ourselves. I just felt like today, I really wanted to get our tips fam together. And just talk about how people can live different and we can have unity and people of all, none of us here are the same. we we all look different. We've all had different backgrounds and experiences but at the end of the day. Like what unites us is stronger than what divides us. And what unites us is love. We love each other and each other's experiences. And you can only get to that level of love. I think when you really like have sat down and listened to someone's story.
3: I just think it's important that everyone as a whole is able to have compassion, especially for Black people, just because this is really, really hard for a lot of us. And it's something that we've had to experience our whole life. I just want to make sure people don't know, like, this isn't just a trend. This is our lives. This is our future kids' lives, our grandkids' lives. This is real life for us. So it may die down in a few months. And protests are probably going to stop. I just want everyone to remember, this is directly affecting so many people. And it's important to keep educating and keep fighting. I don't want my kids to have to deal with this. And I don't want their grandkids to have to deal with this. It's really, really, really important that you're not just posting things and talking about Black Lives Matter because all of your friends are. You need to understand how big the issue actually is.
0: Claps. I was like, yes, it's not a trend. It's not a trend. And that's what Jess and I were literally just talking about. Was, don't just throw up a few posts, check your little corporate media box, and then just go back to your old ways. Change your hiring practices. Bring more diversity to the table of when you make decisions for your company Have more diverse friends. Like nothing scares me more than when I see somebody with a group of friends that look identical. There was this viral video of this sorority. Every one of the girls looked the exact same. I was like, it literally freaked me out. It was a recruitment video. They were all like these white girls, (laughs) sorry, but it really scared me because it, it made me feel afraid so imagine and i'm white like imagine how you'd feel if you had another skin tone like or black or latino or asian and you saw like a huge like group of white women together like doing their sorority things like i'm sorry that's a very just i'm calling out sorority girls but i saw that video and it just shook me If your friends all look the same, if you all believe the same things, if your company leadership is all made up of the same type of people, there's a problem there. And so you need to bring different voices to your boardroom, to your community, to your friend group. And that's how you're going to make a change. Like the reason that all of us have had these ahas is because we are diverse and we've given each other the space and place to listen, truly listen and be in community And learn about each other's experiences in like a very safe and open format. The internet, I'm sorry, but it's not the best place to learn about these issues. Go out into the world, go to a retreat, come to TIPS, learn about it in an actual environment where you can be with humans, not just with a screen. I love all of you so much. I'm so grateful we had this conversation. I trust that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, what is TIPS? What do we even freaking do there? And hopefully people will watch the video and they'll get a sense. And I almost, I'm like visualizing our group being like double the size. So last year, I think we had like 45, maybe 60, I don't know, but I'm like hoping for like a hundred this year because where else can you like have these conversations? I'm sorry. The internet is not the place go have them in real life with a community of diverse people. So please click a link somewhere, we'll have a link. Apply, it's completely free, and yeah, we hope we'll see you there.